Greetings, football fans, and welcome to Season 2 of the CBFA Podcast. I'm your host, James Parks. Each week, I'll be joined by one or more of the field announcers to discuss all the action from Shouldice Park. It's the Calgary Bantam Football Association Podcast, and it starts now! Well, welcome to the podcast. Um, joining us today is Cole Fortner, uh, just like last week. Um, we're, we're hoping Grant can join us a little bit later. Uh, Grant Pollock um, was at the early games, so we'll get a hopefully uh, some input from him. But for now, we'll just start with, uh, with Cole. So for week three, September 10th, um, which games did you see, Cole? I had the uh, later two on Hellard Field, um, probably the three of the four, or actually, sorry, two of the three more interesting. I, I think I had two of the three interesting games of, of the week, the, the close battles um, is, I guess, how I should word that. Um, first one I had was Stampeders Wildcats. Um, was expected to be a very good matchup going into it based off of the previous two weeks um, between the teams. Um, bit of a slow start from the Stampeders in that one. Wildcats kind of kind of got in front on that one early. Um, but in the second half, it definitely became more interesting with the Stampeders able to fight their way back. Uh, not quite doing enough compared to what they probably wanted uh and yeah, it was a four point game that one boiled down to yeah the final score was wildcats 28 stamps 24 yeah uh, all touchdowns um very good passing game from from the wildcats yeah i noticed uh early in that game uh, that uh uh, the Wildcats tried to establish a run, and and the Stamps were having none of it. But yeah. uh, um, quarterback uh, number nine, Jackson Martell, uh, really did a good job of of getting getting the ball downfield, finding open receivers, and and making first downs through the passing game. Yeah, and uh, he was able to to target Shane Rainey very very well. Um, they connected for three. Uh, three of the four passing touchdowns the Wildcats ended up getting, plus yeah, that, a number of other long passing plays. Yeah, that was an impressive display for sure. Um, and then you mentioned the the note of the which which team was it that wanted to try the onside kick right away? Was, I don't know, but right away. But uh, um, Greg Wilson, the coach of the uh, Wildcats. Last week he uh, he made a a note. He noted that um, that uh, Dave Hardy, uh, coach of the Stampeders, had tried a couple of short kicks the the previous week, and he said they were going to be ready. He knew it was coming. They were going to be ready for it, and uh, they did try in the second half, and they got one. They did get one, but uh, they weren't. They tried off the opening the kick one. too. Did they? Was that well? A- I don't know if I don't know if it was a short kick, but they lined up everybody on the left side. Wild. It was it was really weird. It was, it was every I think it was almost every single kickoff they went for. It was everyone was either on the left or everyone was on the right of the kicker. Usually you have a player or two straggle yeah. still. Actually, that's not true. There was one in the second half, like late in the fourth quarter, where they tried to fake it out by leaving one guy over. 
And I yeah. noticed that because he was turned towards the coaches and the coach told him when to go. <laughs> so they tried to bait it out and they kicked it that way, but it didn't work. No, not quite. It was it was a it was a good effort. It was gamesmanship at its finest. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because I mean, I think that was I think that was when they were down. Like they finally got within the one score. So it was like really late in the fourth quarter that they tried it, and it just didn't didn't pan out. But I haven't I haven't seen a tactic like that in person before. <laughs> I think the last time I saw you know something a formation that uh, that odd was when the uh, the Colts tried that three person formation over the ball against the Patriots. Oh yeah. And everybody else lined up far right. Yeah. yeah. That worked that worked wonders. Nobody in the world thought they were going to snap the ball except for the center on that play. And then the quarterback. <laughs> I think he was surprised too. Um and then moving on to the second game, which was also a, a thriller. Uh Lions and Hilltoppers. Actually I guess it was the fourth game of the night on Hellier Field. Um again, also a four-point game, and it was it came right down to the wire. Um there's a I think it was fairly back and forth throughout. I think Lions scored first, if I remember correctly, then Hilltoppers put up two. Uh, my paper flipping. Yeah, there were a number of lead changes in that game for sure. Yeah, and then, yeah, there was a there pair was, of lead changes in the fourth quarter yeah. as well. Yeah, that's um, right. The Lions took the lead in the fourth, and then the Hilltoppers came back. Uh, yeah. Final score in that one, 24-20 to 20 Hilltoppers. And unfortunately for the Lions, that game came down to missed converts. Yeah, they, they were... Uh, I, th- I think the kicker had plenty of leg, but was having, I don't know, it was uh, it was an odd kind of straight at the ball setup, you know. Yeah. On, well, a pointy toe uh, on your shoe is unpredictable. So sometimes it went up and, and not forward, and sometimes it went forward but not up. Not up, yeah. So what were they? They went... They missed two kicks, and the other one they ran in. Yeah, I, I think the the one they they ran in was a was it was, a, it was a botched. Yeah, it was a botched yeah. kick attempt and, too. And the the holder ended up sneaking sneaking underneath and getting over the line. It was a good heads up play by him. Yeah, just to get that point, salvage a point. Yeah, yeah, they ended up missing out on those those key points that could have that actually would have tied them in the game and. We could have been seeing on a 24-24 final instead of a 24-20 final. So we've we've seen that a few times this year now where we've had a close game and it was the kicking game that was the difference or, you know, failed converts. Yeah, we had that week. Making the difference. We had that week two Wildcats-Eagles. It was 16-14. That came down to a missed convert. Um, what was the other ones we had? I just that one. Well, it's it's the start of a pattern. How's that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then I don't. I want to know what happened over on field eight with the Eagles Colts game. Right, that looked really interesting. So I had made an invitation to uh, 
our own uh, Davy Weber, but unfortunately he wasn't able to join us tonight. He was he was at that game and and uh, running the clock, but he uh, wasn't able to join us to tell us what's happening. So I'll be able to ask uh, Coach Tim Henderson of the Eagles uh, about that game tomorrow. Um, and I'll be adding that that uh, chat onto the end of this podcast. So it'll it'll all come together. Stay tuned to the end if you're listening, and uh, and Tim can tell you about that game. But it was a a very close game, very low scoring defensive battle by the looks of it. The final score was eight to seven for the Eagles over the Colts. The Colts, um, they they haven't looked too bad, but they've they've had a few tough matchups early in the season. They they uh, they won their opener against the the Chiefs, um, one of the the two games that uh, was able to complete on that washed out Saturday. Yeah, but since that's then, the first game of the year. Yeah, since then they 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 faced a you know a pretty pretty tough Bulldogs team and uh and then of course the the Eagles so I think the the Colts are one of those teams that that might be on the on the cusp of of turning a corner I think uh I think they'll probably be in the mix for division two Well, it's, yeah, you it's it's that's you go you want to see that like you want to see teams progress and you don't want to see them in a rut for forever and absolutely to be competitive for for Div one every year. But unfortunately for some teams, it's it's a little more difficult. And sure, depends on who you who you were able to get into the program at what point in time and who have other programs have at a certain point in time. Absolutely, the uh, the other game on uh, Saturday afternoon at field eight was uh, uh, the Raiders, Airdrie Raiders 40 Mavericks zero. So the Mavericks have had a, a really tough go this season. They've been, they've been in uh, what we would call rebuild mode, but uh, they've been, they've been, uh, they've been showing up and they've been trying, but they, they haven't been getting, getting the results they'd like. The Raiders, on the other hand, have been looking really strong. They're our our, our first three and O team. Next again, they're one of the only teams that's managed to get through with their week one matchup. That's correct. Yeah, they uh one of they the beat four. The, they beat the Cowboys week one. Yeah. And uh the Cowboys, Cowboys. <laughs> the Cowboys have been destroying everyone ever since. So that was one of the the Cowboys um, was one of the early games that uh, that Grant called, and um, it was well going by the score. All I can all I can say is it was it was an ugly one. Yeah, uh, seventy nine to zero over the Rebels. Now I I did see a. Uh, a heartwarming post on social media uh, yesterday. Uh, the Rebels had uh, made a post about the experience and um, how much they've learned and how much they continue to learn. And And it was a very positive post. And uh, they weren't, you know, 
they weren't crying about being kicked when they're down or uh, or having the cowboys pile on or anything like that. Um, it was it was all positive and it was good to see. That's I good. Would, I would really love to see that that team, you know, make make some of those strides we were talking about. Yeah, that's that's important. Um, especially after after a game like that, like that's really and truly that shouldn't be happening. But right. um, but I guess we'll have to wait for Grant for his two cents because he's the one that was actually there watching it. Yeah. And the uh, other the other game, uh, the first game of the morning was uh, uh, Bulldogs twenty seven, Chiefs sixteen. So the Chiefs continue to struggle, but they continue to put up points while they do that. So it it looks like they've got some some things figured out on the offensive side of the ball. Um, that they've got some things yet to figure out on the defensive side. I'd like to see them play once, but they they always seem to play the early game, and and I'm an afternoon guy. Yeah, I had them in. Week one, I can't remember quite. Yeah, that was the game against the Colts. I can't remember how that for life. I can't remember how the game went now because it was a couple weeks ago. Um, I know I misread the note and in and put in sixty two for the Colts, but it was actually forty two. <laughs> well, then I had the again week two. You weren't were you not there for week two? Uh week two I was there. Yeah, I was there for. Um, yeah, I've seen the Chiefs the entire the entire day. I guess I was. I did. Yeah, the Chiefs had the the very slow start against the Stan Peters in week two that's, with the uh, that's the right. pair of onside. Well, I don't know if it was necessarily onside kicks. They were just shorter kicks that the Chiefs kind of weren't able to handle. Right. That led to uh, the turnovers and and touchdowns. It's all coming back to me now. But on that note. In that game, they were able to bounce back. Yes, yeah. they lost 46-24 in week two. But the turnaround in the later half of that game compared to how it started for them was very 180. Yeah, they they were moving the ball. They were they were running the ball too against that Stampeders defense. Yeah. But the Bulldogs also like on their own, they also look very good this year. Yes. Yeah, they do. Uh, they're one of the four teams that are currently still undefeated. That's right. Along with the Raiders, Hilltoppers, and Wildcats. Yeah. So uh, looking ahead to uh, this coming weekend, we got uh, week four on Saturday, September 17th. Uh, starts off with the Eagles at uh, the Chiefs, nine o'clock on Hellard, and uh, I think that's probably going to be a closer game than than some figure. I'm gonna I'm gonna get uh, pick Tim's brain about that one tomorrow. That could be a good one. I I still. I, th- I think everyone expects the Eagles to end up winning that game, but I think it's going to be a close one. I think that might be, you know, within one score. I don't think it's going to be a, an eight to seven kind of battle, but you know, maybe, yeah, you know, 20 to 20 to 12 or something like that. I think 
As of right now, I'm slated for the late two again. So that's Bulldog Stampeders, which should also be an interesting game. Uh, based off how those two teams started, and then I have Mavericks Rebels. One of those teams should hopefully be going and getting their first win. Yeah. I say hopefully because you never know, we could get a tie. <laughs> that's right. That's Which right. In, in it, its own, it, would also be interesting. It would be. Yeah. It, like the AFC South. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the NFL had a wild week one. They did. Yeah, oh, yeah. But it, it should be a good matchup between the Mavericks and the Rebels. I, I think they're probably two pretty evenly matched teams. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, when it comes down to it at the end of the year, those those two could be in the mix for Div 3. Other matchups for week four, Colts, Wildcats, Sun Heller to 11. Um, again, not sure that one would go. Yeah, the the Wildcats, um, while still undefeated and and you know, playing pretty well, they've they've not been playing perfect football by any means. They've been making some mistakes. They've been able to tighten up when they need to and secure the victory. I think that's going to be another closely fought battle. That's going to be a close game. And again, it just adds to the, the Colts' rather difficult start to the schedule. Right, yeah. That's a – yeah, we're going to have to ask Logie about that one. What are you What are you doing to the poor Colts, Logie? <laughs> and then our two games over at Field 8, the 3 and a Raiders against the 0-2 Lions. You know, I, I think the Lions have been better than the record indicates – that's going to be another good game. Oh, the Raiders are really strong, and they're, yeah, they're going to I mean, be tough, tough to beat. But I think the Lions are a pretty good team. Yeah, I can't, I can't speak for the week two game against the Cowboys, but like if we look at this week's game or this, this past weekend's game against the Hilltoppers, they were they were within it yep. pretty much the entire game. Um, with how back and forth that game went, and it and it honestly boiled just boiled down to the couple small errors that unfortunately cost them the points yeah, when they needed it. And then again, I mean, they, like we said, they were up in the, late in the fourth quarter. They did come back and get the, the lead score. And then yeah. the Hilltoppers had that 45-yard rushing play up, up the sideline pretty much. And it was, yeah. it was, that wasn't very long after the Lions scored either. No, no, it was a, an immediate response from the Hilltoppers. Yeah. And so they weren't they weren't far off from from being one and one. Yeah. And I and I think, you know, that Cowboys team was is really good. So they're going to be they're going to be putting up some big numbers all year against everybody, I think. Well, we don't know that necessarily because their next game is also at field 8 against the Hilltoppers. Right. Is it something about playing on the grass that uh, that slows the teams down? I don't know. Well, no, not necessarily, because you practice on the grass fields. Yeah. Yeah. Because no one's no one's practicing up at shoulders, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, unless you're the Calgary Colts, but... Um, so you'd be, you'd be kind of used, more used to the grass, if anything. Yeah, I don't know why uh, 
why it would make a difference between a, a game and a practice. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm just grasping at straws. Um, and then other, other I guess other things we need to, we might want to talk about. Um, Saturday, October eighth. Ah, yes, Gordy's food fight, third annual. Yeah. Uh, each team asked to bring non-perishable food items or personal hygiene products, uh, and they get a chance of a pizza party. Nice. I believe the the Hilltoppers won that uh, last year. I don't know. I it, it seems the Hilltoppers win it every other year. They're they're really good at at that kind of uh, food drive. They they really know how to you know get their uh, get their fans and and their their parents out for support. Something about the color green, maybe. Well, I mean. The riders are insane, so it might be the color green. <laughs> and the Seahawks have their 12 man thing, and they also wear green stuff, so who knows? It could be green. <laughs> um, beyond that, it's each team is asked to bring an item. Every item they bring earns them a point or earns that team a point um, towards the food drive. Whoever has the most points gets the pizza party at, pizza party at practice. But where the main thing is, is everything goes towards the Veterans Food Bank of Calgary. Yeah. That's that's the more important thing than than winning the pizza party in my... Right. <laughs> Every, see, yeah, everybody participates. The kids uh, that bring the most food in uh, get rewarded for their efforts. But uh, you're right. The most important part is that the, the Veterans Food Bank gets some support and the veterans get some meals. Yeah. Any other league news we need to know about? Actually, there is something. Um, we've been working on some uh, website updates in the in the on the back end. Uh, so, I've been working with uh, with a gentleman uh, uh, named Cal Kellett, who uh, has been um, involved with the Bantam Stampeders and getting their their website uh, updated and refreshed. So. Uh, he's been working with us, and we're we're getting a, a new website design. Most of the functionality should be the same. All of the the data is going to be migrated over, but uh, we should see something pretty soon. I have a, a phone call with Cal coming up here uh, um, at eight o'clock tonight, so uh, just uh, about a half an hour or so. I'll be I'll be getting further updates and finding out when that's going to happen, but. Uh, it could happen uh, before this weekend, um, or it could happen. We're getting a live after. score. <laughs> getting a live score update feature. Um, well, the the information on the website's only as good as as what it gets fed. So, um, we uh, we we still need to to get that info to uh, to me somehow. I'm I'm working on on that end of it. <laughs> yeah, though you need That's more the hard with access to the website. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to get everybody in there mucking it up, but no, no. But still, some some uh you know, inside information is is always is always good. People people need to know, they want to know, and we want to share that info as much as we can. I'm not always privy to all the information. Sometimes 
sometimes, uh, you know, it's a little slow getting down the chain. Sometimes it's a little slow. That's a, yeah, that's a good, good way to put it. But we, we're all doing our best. We're all, you know, just volunteers here. So we do what we can. We, uh, we try our best and sometimes things work out pretty darn good. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's that. Um, looks like, uh, Grant wasn't able to join us after all, which is unfortunate. We, uh, we sure like to have his input on the podcast. He always has interesting things to say and, and excellent insight. So, uh, he should be back, um, announcing games this coming weekend. Uh, and we'll invite him back to the podcast next week, which we'll probably try to schedule for Sunday night. Cause next week we got a couple of Monday nighters. So Monday night games. That's right. Oh, yeah, the remake, we have, remakes. uh, we have two games. Well, a game and a half coming up on, on Monday, the 19th, uh, or which are makeup dates for week live. One. Well, there's... I've never done that before, and I, I <laughs> think that idea. would be a, a complete disaster. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, Monday, September 19th, at 6 p.m., Hellard Field, the Hilltoppers are taking on the Rebels. And then following that game, the second half of the Stampeders at Eagles are going to play the second half of that game at 8 o'clock. And uh, the Eagles are currently holding a 6 nothing lead over the Stamps in that one. So that one play, was a slow start. They'll play the conclusion. I can imagine it was a pretty ugly weather and, and sideways rain. And yeah, it was, it was very, very rainy. I don't know how we're going to do players of the game for that one. Yeah, I, I think we'll players of the half game or it's, it's hard because, you know, maybe, I think, uh, I think I was at, at the time I could have probably given a player of the game. Um, by the way, I had did I have that one? Yeah, did I have that one? Or did I have Lions Mavericks? I think I had Eagle Stampeders. Um, at the time, I probably could have given a player of the game, but since that's three weeks ago now, yeah, I can't remember who it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. We've never had to deal with you know half games, games, half games, that kind of thing. But uh, we'll deal, just like uh, Greg said last week. You know, uh, look forward to the challenge, meet it head on. And, um, well, it's also going to be interesting to see out of those four teams that play on the Monday, which ones are going to be able to do that turnaround from playing on Saturday. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a short. How do you how do you prepare for for a game when you've only got one day and and, and that's going to be a rest day they, to be honest. Yeah, usually they they do take a rest day, so they won't be doing on field practice. They they might do some some film work. They won't have time to go through a lot of things. Um, it'll probably be just you know let's play our game, tighten our own ship, and not worry too much about what the other guys doing until we get out there. Well, and for the Stampeders and Eagles, it's not going to be as bad because like they've only got the half left, but it's the Hilltoppers and Rebels where they've still got the full 
the full game after, you know, I don't want to necessarily say your players are going to be bumped and bruised from Saturday, but you're going to have some players that are likely going to be bumped and bruised. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully there's no serious injuries. I mean, we always want no injuries. Right. Um, Never want those. But it's, so, it is yeah, part it's going to be game. it's going to be an interesting turnaround for the Monday for sure. I I think it's an excellent opportunity for the coaches of of all the teams who are involved in those games to make sure that they get lots of extra reps for their second third stringers because they're going to need they're going to need every bit of depth they have. All those teams are. And on that note, uh, I think we'll we'll call it there, and um, that'll be it for this week. So, uh, Cole, thanks for joining me, and uh, if you're still listening, thank you very much, and stay tuned for this interview with Tim Henderson, coach of the Eagles. Hi there. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Good. I don't know why, uh, even on my... Uh computer is still asking me for a meeting id for that last link you sent me oh weird yeah there was nothing like that ah bizarre anyways we've we've solved the technical issues um uh thanks for joining me uh tim uh coach henderson of the foothills eagles um how long have you been coaching uh this is my 10th year uh, ninth with the Eagles and fifth with the Bantam Eagles. I did one year way back in 2001 with the Pee Wee Wildcats when I lived in Calgary. Awesome. So I had a, started a family and had a great big gap there until my son was ready to play football. <laughs> How old is your son? He's 17. He's a senior here at Holy Trinity Academy in Okotoks. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. So uh we were we were chatting about the games last night, doing a, a, a rundown of Saturday's action, and uh we didn't have anybody uh to to pick their brain or, or tell us what happened in the uh field eight games. Uh we saw the score and the score sheet from your, your win over the Colts, eight to seven. Uh, quite a game. Uh, could you tell us about it? Well, what I've found so far this year is a, uh, a lot of teams are pretty similar. Uh, in the past, you have one or two or three teams that are pretty dominant. This year, it seems like uh, it's pretty level field. Um, with the Colts, uh, I wouldn't say they were better than we thought they were. We watched game film. We knew that they were stronger than last year. We knew that they could pass a lot. Um, uh, our defense has been strong. I mean, we've only played a game, two games and a half, but they've been pretty strong. We knew that they would uh, help us with a win. Our offense kind of, we had some good drives. We were down in the Colts' end uh, a number of times. We could not, uh, we could not put it in the end zone. But uh, something I told my kids last night is those two point converts mean everything. And the Colts attempted and missed and then tried to go for a field goal and missed. And uh, that's that's how we sealed that one. Wow. Yeah, the uh, the kicking game is, is – well, that's why, you know, we, we put the extra point on, on, on being able to kick it because if you can kick it, then 
those points mean everything. We've we've seen that the last two weeks. We've seen a couple of uh, games that were decided on on the the feet of of those kids. Well, our our previous game against the Wildcats was the same deal. We missed a two point convert uh, earlier in the game, and that would have uh, been a tie game for some of it for well until the end there. But yeah, the two points matters. That's right. So, um, which players on your team have you seen uh, making strides, advancements towards leadership, and uh, you know, on and off the field, taking a, a leadership type role? Well, we we have a, a number of guys. We weren't sure going into the season what we would have because we graduated twenty seven Bantams last year to high school. Wow! Uh, but uh, we had about the same number come up from Pee Wee. But some of the kids, uh, kind of our, our team leader is uh, uh, Bowen Gottsleg. He's one of our third-year Bantams. He's uh, uh, grade nine. Um, we have, we have uh, Ethan Johnson, both of those guys, linebackers. Uh, Wyatt Koopman on the defense. Uh, Nate Barkley on the defense. Uh, we're pretty defensive strong this year. Our offensive line is another strength of ours. And we have uh, Hayden Hampton and Tycho St. Dennis and um, Elliot Kahn. Like these, they're they're a veteran group, um, and that's what's going to help win games is our defense and our and our, our veteran offensive line. Well, they they do say defense wins championships. Well, we've seen the Cowboys do that in the past. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly have. Yeah. Uh, have you got? Uh... Uh, a short list of guys. Uh, I, I know Dan's probably already been asking for uh, for your your selects picks. People uh, are uh, players that that they should be watching for. Yeah, uh, among those guys, I just submitted my list to Dan. I asked my coaches what are their thoughts. Um, we have a new to football kid. He's uh, grade nine. Isaac Martin who's play safety. Uh, tremendous speed. Uh, he picked. He's picked up the game pretty fast. Um, our running backs, we have uh, um, Lincoln Stewart, who's a second year Bantam. Uh, he's he's a hard runner, strong runner. And Daniel Bowers, who's uh, a first year Bantam, he's a uh, he's a he's a fast little guy, and I think he's he's catching on really quick. He's played since Adam, and he's got a family of football players there, so he, he understands the game very well. Our quarterback, uh, Ben Deesing, who's uh, He's been playing a while too, um, yeah. And there's a few others, but uh, I don't want to m- mention everybody. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure lot, you can of, run yeah. right down your entire roster. Yeah. We have a very young offense, um, but a very skilled offense, and uh, we just need to see, uh, you know, game after game they've been getting better, and I think uh, we're going to see some good things come out of them soon. Fantastic. So you've got quite a challenge coming up this weekend. Uh, you, you play the Chiefs Saturday morning, and then you play the second half of your game versus the Stamps on Monday. Um, what can you and and your your coaches um, and and your players what what can you do to to be successful through uh, a real tough challenge like that? We we don't see these kinds of things come up every year. No. Uh... We're trying to not look too far ahead. I mean, we didn't complete a game against the Stampeders, and I think that's kind of weighing on us and weighing on them as well. Um, so all week, we've been telling the kids, you know, the Chiefs are first. We cannot underestimate the Chiefs. 
Uh, and but two days later, we're getting ready for the Stampeders. Um, so we're we're trying to uh, try not to prepare for both teams at once here. It's it is uh, you know gotta get the first one taken care of first. Um, but it is a very quick turnaround. I've never had anything like this happen. But at least it's not a full game like uh, I think four teams gotta gotta finish or or start. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, it's a it's going to be tough for everyone, but um, you're right. I think those those full games are going to be just that much tougher on the kids and on the coaches. Yeah, and then you have your turnaround again for that, that week leading up to Saturdays, so not much yeah. uh, prep time. That's right. So, um, is there is there anything else you uh, you'd like to, us to know about? Uh, Coach Tim Henderson? Uh, not not about me. I think uh, I'd like to uh, just kind of focus on the nine-man group. Um, sure. I think this year, last year, I, I, I know Airdrie and the Cowboys, uh, they were playing head-to-head for a few times there. and We had the players to do it, but we didn't have the coaching staff to do that. Coming out of Oak Tokes, we have players from High River, Turner Valley, Black Diamond, and everywhere in between. So it's it's hard to get uh, players in the shoulder ice on a weeknight, but this year uh, the the four teams that are involved, along with Carstairs and the CBFA, we've really come together and come up with a pretty good plan to play Sunday evenings in, in different locations. Um, so when when these young guys are on the field, we have a couple games down here at uh, Holy Trinity Academy in Oak Tokes. Um, so their families can come watch and then we're in Airdrie. So those families can go watch. So this, this has been a, a, a very good, uh, um, experience. We, we played our jamboree on, on Sunday night and, uh, the kids had a blast. It, they can finally play a game. They've been practicing since the beginning of August and, uh, and, and they really, they really stepped up and played hard. We went into that that uh, evening we looked so undersized, but uh, they played so hard and played so well. And uh, the coaches were pretty proud of them. And, and I just want to thank Bill Monks and, and the group there for, for being really uh, being collaborative and helping uh, letting the coaches kind of um, help out in this. Um, uh, it's, it's been very beneficial for the kids and we're, we're quite thankful for that. Fantastic. Well, on that note, I'll let you go, but thank you very much for, for joining us here on the podcast. We appreciate it, and um, good luck to you and the Foothills Eagles the rest of the way. Okay, thanks, James, for having me. The CBFA podcast is brought to you by longtime Players of the Game sponsor, Wolf Cadillac Calgary. Check out their selection of new and used vehicles online at www.wolfcadillaccalgary.com or in person at 1720 Barlow Trail Southwest. And game day wouldn't be the same if not for Superfan Snacks. They're located near the plaza area of Shouldice Park. Superfan Snacks proudly supports minor football at every level. Find them on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Listening.